0: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome to the ellie and jared podcast i am so excited to have our guests on today i say that with everybody but this time i'm like this is the ultra meeting today we have our sweet dear friends Allie and tylen glines on the podcast give it up guys how are you
1: good <laughs> Woo, we're doing so good we're it's,
2: so happy to be it's here it's
1: so fun to like have the music rolling and be introed in like, i this, know i'm like, oh, I I like i'm like a
0: freaking dj you know you want some laughter oh applause i mean you got it you want some laughter there it is you want a little sad something
2: i, mean, I love that <laughs>
0: <laughs> whatever you want i've got it <laughs> for those of you listening who don't know Allie Glines, why don't you give me a little rundown of who you are on YouTube right now?
2: Sure. So right now I'm doing a bunch of beauty videos, but I've been on YouTube for like over 10 years. Mm -hmm. And that's actually how you and I met the first time was at CVX Live like years ago. It was like one of their first years of doing it and I started out on YouTube singing with my sisters and that went on for several years and then when my husband and I met he noticed that I spent way too much time watching beauty videos on YouTube. And he he told me that maybe I should try, you know, posting my own. And it was something that I had always wanted to do because music and makeup were like my two passions. So about four years ago, it'll be four years in June, um, I started my beauty channel and that has become our full-time gig. My husband now works with me full-time. And so, yeah, it's just been a whole decade of youtube and i love it and i wouldn't have it any other way but it's been fun
0: that's so amazing it's so cool to hear when people jump on this social media journey and make like something out of it, make a career out of it. And that's exactly what you guys have done. And I'm so excited to talk to you more about that and like dive into deep about what you guys are doing now and the plans that you guys have in the future. But before we get into that, I think it's important for us to know where you guys are from originally, where you grew up, what you guys were like in high school to shape up who you are now and how you guys met. So Tylan, where are you from originally?
1: I'm from St. George, Utah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, technically born in northern Utah, but I was only there for like two months. And then so basically born and raised in St. George, Utah, southern Utah. Love the hot weather. I was gonna say
0: um, you figured out really quick at two months old that it's really cold in northern Utah. And you're like, uh, uh-uh, I'm way. out of
1: here. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're back in Northern Utah. Oh, darn it. <laughs> as, as north as we can go, right? Life was good. I, I loved high school. I did a lot of student government, participated in all the leadership stuff, loved that, and kind of mixed in between all of that, just loved business, you know, just always doing something on eBay, selling something on eBay, doing some sort of side hustle. So when so you
0: that, were in high school, you were like doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, what, totally. What were you selling on eBay?
1: I... So many different things. But in the beginning, it'd be just like I would find some sort of Chinese supplier, whether it's like bracelets, you know, jewelry, or all of these, I don't know, little toys or whatever was kind of trendy. And then just like order a few and then sell them on eBay and flip it for a profit. So I always loved that. And that's kind of how I segued actually into the love for YouTube was when I worked as a personal assistant for the piano guys. Oh, wow. Served a two year mission for our church. And then after that, worked for the Piano Guys for like a brief second when I got home, but then started a group with my buddies that I had met in the Philippines that are also Americans that were serving a mission. Started that group. We did a lot of YouTube videos, mostly on Facebook, actually, like Facebook mm-hmm. videos. And then when we got married, like Ali said, then we were like, we got to do something on our own. Let's, let's do something. So I being on camera sometimes is fun, whatever, but I just love the behind the scenes and the business stuff. So that's how we've now blended together. Allie is the face of everything. And I'm just like the mechanical guy behind everything. So
0: the entrepreneurial spirit has been with you for years and years and years all the way from high school. So you did, you did business, you did student body. Did you do sports? Did you do theater? Did you do any of that kind of stuff?
1: No, just all student government stuff. So I was sophomore class president, junior nice. class president, and then student body president. Did so. you
0: have like, I never ran for student body other than like an elementary school. Did you have like a campaign slogan that you oh, would use?
1: I, I don't remember like any off the top of my head, but yeah, every year my mom mostly made all of my posters for me because she had good handwriting and we would do baby pictures, funny pictures, and just like funny little quotes or phrases like on posters.
0: Here's Here's one. If you ever run for president... I won't be lying. Vote for Thailand. Is that yeah, good?
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then Incredible. we always had like an assembly, you know, right before the voting yeah. started you know, and you always had to do some sort of silly skit. Like I remember my freshman year running for sophomore class president. It was in the middle of the year, but I dressed up as Santa Claus. And then like some of the cheerleaders did like Santa baby and it was just the strangest skit, but it was just weird stuff like that. Just always like lighthearted and fun and,
0: that's yeah, so always. funny. So Ali, if I remember correctly, you moved around a lot, right?
2: Yeah, I moved around a ton. I, I always tell people that I grew up in North Carolina, though, because mm-hmm. that's where I spent like eight years of my life. But I I lived everywhere. And Thailand and I actually couldn't be more opposite when it comes to high school. Yeah, I was definitely like, the more quiet, shy, artsy girl. I took theater classes. I literally was a fly on the wall. I did not care to put myself out there that much. It was kind of funny because it was in high school that we started our YouTube channel. And that was when YouTube was like a brand new thing. So I remember in high school, like I felt kind of cool being behind the scenes. Like we hit 10,000 subscribers, which at the time in like 2010 or 2009 was like that a was lot huge. Of- yeah. yeah. So I remember feeling like I had this double life, you know, I was like the shy girl who had like 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. And it was just, I don't know. My sisters were always in school with me because we're very close in age, the three oldest. And so they were my friends basically in Mm -hmm. high school. And I never ran for student body president. Now, did you,
0: did you do like plays at all when you did theater classes or did you just do the classes?
2: It was mostly the classes, but I did do a couple of plays, (laughs) My my pride and joy role. <laughs> we did like these. We did like these fairy tale um, inspired plays for kindergartners one year. And oh. I remember my younger sister Mandy and I were in the same class, and she got cast as Little Red Riding Hood in Little Red Riding Hood, mm-hmm. and I got cast as Porridge in Goldilocks and Bears.
0: Well, how does one get cast as Porridge?
2: You know, I don't know. And what I did you do, you know, like?
0: You know, there's, oh, there's man, some there was- people who like really take on the role and they like take, do the study and the craft serious. Daniel day Lewis, like lives the part. What did you do to live the part as porridge?
2: You know, I really tried to embody, you know, a breakfast cereal in a way and, Actually, I just we weren't allowed to have costumes. So that was part of the challenge was to convey to these kindergartners what character you were. So I sat there literally with my arms in a circle (laughs) the whole time. And I remember at the end, we were able to get feedback from the kindergartners. And someone specifically commented about my role as porridge and they were like i loved how you know i could tell porridge was porridge without a costume and that's when i knew i made it you know
0: that's yeah thailand's like yeah i'd take a bite of that porridge <laughs>
2: <laughs> i think it's
1: so funny every time she tells i wish do you have a photo or a
2: video No, I, that would, wish.
1: oh it's so funny i love that story
0: that would be so funny and it's like i love looking back and like hearing those kinds of things where it's like oh this is a funny like marriage story to tell people it's like oh yeah i played porridge sorry what (laughs) so okay so you guys have like totally opposite personalities like I imagine you you know I know Tylan and I know both of you guys pretty well we've hung out quite a bit Tylan I feel like is definitely the personality that would be running for ASB you know vice president president you know those kinds of things all through high school and Allie I do see you like that as like the shy theater girl who was like you know (laughs) amazing at has so many talents, but you just never know because she doesn't do it in front of people. How do two personalities that are opposite each other come together, find love and get married? How did you guys meet? What's the story there? Oh
2: man. Who wants, should you tell it? You should. You can tell your perspective and I'll tell well, mine. If We'll I just kind
1: of mix it all together. So yeah. I was living in Provo, Utah, going to school, attempting to go to school. And I moved in with some cousins. I wasn't really supposed to be living with them. I just couldn't find housing, but I was in this other, you know, like this new area. And Allie's family had also moved to a different part of Provo, but she was still going to the same church building in that area, that specific area where my cousins lived. And one day, I showed up to church a little bit late, and I walked in, and Allie had given the opening prayer, and I saw <laughs> and her. You knew and I had <laughs> technically had seen her the week before. I, she didn't know this till like
2: way, way later. later. Okay,
1: but I had filmed her in the hallway actually because she looked familiar, uh, and like wow. obviously with my background with the piano guys and like doing the YouTube stuff, like okay. I just. She looked familiar, but I wasn't sure until that week I walked in late, saw her, saw her name on the program and then texted my brother. And then he was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's like the girls who sing, like the sisters who sing. So I was already interested though in Allie, just like after seeing her, you know, and her lovely prayer. And so (laughs) I walked up, the three of them were sitting together, her and her two sisters, the three oldest. And I walked over and said hi to her oldest sister first, just because my good friend knew her in Hawaii. So I just said like, hi to kind of like break the ice. And then she quickly left and then the younger sister left and then Allie was there and she just like looked at me and she has a little brown spot in her eye. One <laughs> of her eyes, they're both like really blue, but one has like a little brown spot. And I remember just like dying inside, like just so beautiful. And I was so excited Aww, I didn't even know what to say. So and she was sweet. like, hi, who are you? And then I, you know, from there we went to Sunday school. We got yelled at cause we were talking too much <laughs> and the rest is history. We started dating just like a few days later and that was February. And then August, we were engaged and November of that same year we were married. So.
0: Now, Ali, when he was staring at your eyeball with the brown spot, where what were you thinking? What was going through your mind?
2: <laughs> Honestly, I had no idea what to think. The time that like he came into my life, I had finally, I had gone through a couple of you know, what I thought were pretty serious relationships and none of them ended well. And so I had finally come to like this place of contentment with just myself and my life. And I was like, all right, fine. Like I'm, I'm okay being single for a really long time. Like I was just totally content with everything. And I feel, I felt like as soon as I got to that point, like Thailand was put into my life. And so honestly, I wasn't looking to date. So when I first met him, I just remember being like, oh, well, like he's he's really nice. But like, I wasn't really... I wasn't really actively looking to date anybody. But then, as I got to know him, all I remember is that first day we met, like, there was something about him that was so contagious. Like, I just wanted to be around him, his personality, his sense of humor. Like, it, we just clicked so fast. And I remember, like, I couldn't stop thinking about him. And we even, I remember texting you a lot that first day that we met. And I, I don't know. I just, there was something very different about him. And it was, it was only like a week or so after that where, yeah, we started to like seriously date. So it didn't take that long, but I always thought it was interesting how I, I wasn't looking for love necessarily. And he just like came into my life at the perfect time. And it just made so much sense. And our, our lives just meshed so seamlessly together. And like, we seriously have been inseparable ever since that day we met. (laughs) That is
1: literally like in five, February was five years of knowing each other. This will be our five-year anniversary in November, but we have literally been apart from each other. Like one, I think like one week, maybe over a week when I was in the Philippines with my buddies again, after going back. And then that next year, just a few days in the Philippines, she was with me that time, but left a little bit early. (laughs) <laughs> so like probably in five years, two weeks, like two weeks of nights apart. That's and ev- everything in between is literally like at most 30 to 40 minutes if I'm driving to get an ice water at the gas station. Like we <laughs> literally have not been apart. It's really crazy. And I'm sure you can relate to that. too. Oh, absolutely.
0: We're- with with <laughs> Ellie and I both working together, like that's the, the only times that. We are apart is when we do work related things that doesn't involve the other person. Where oh. Ellie like went to the master class with Ali, well, both of you guys, right? In in New York, I think it was. Or when I go to CES, like those are like the only times that we're really apart from each other. Which I love. Like I love that I get to work with my wife so closely. And you know, obviously there are some difficult parts about it, but ninety nine percent of the time it's the greatest thing ever. Do you ever struggle with finding toys for the little ones in your life that they think are cool, but will also educate them? I know as parents, I always want to try and find something that gives a little bit of education and a lot of bit of fun. (laughs) Get the best of both worlds with Little Passports. Little Passports is a subscription box full of toys and games for children of all ages that educates and entertains. The Little Passports box is delivered right to your door every month, and each package contains exciting, hands-on learning for kids ages 3 and up. You can feed their inner scientists with a science expeditions pack, which is full of cool experiments to try. You can even make your own slime. Or learn about what makes every state so great with a USA edition subscription. There are even boxes for the younger ones that are right for their learning level. And the Little Passports subscription box is award winning and has the parent tested parent approved seal. For $12.95 a month there's tons to explore right from your home with Little Passports. And now more than ever with our kids home more frequently this is the perfect time to try it and just for our listeners little passports is offering 15 percent off the price of any subscription that means your child could be flying rockets or looking through a microscope in no time use the offer code ellie and jared at checkout for 15 percent off your order that's ellie and jared at littlepassports.com are you looking for the perfect gift for mom or another loved one sometimes it can be difficult to find the perfect gift for mother's day that will continually bring joy well we found something that you might might like. Well, we set up a skylight photo frame for my mom, and now all of my siblings are able to send her their photos of what they've been up to with their family right to her skylight. It's a really easy way for my mom to see what our family is up to and stay connected. Nowadays, staying in touch with those we love is more important than ever, and the easiest way to do it is with skylight, a photo frame you can email photos to anytime, anytime anywhere. It's a great way to feel close to those you love when you're separated. And multiple people can send photos to the frame, so it's a great way to keep large networks of friends or families in touch. It sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds. Just plug it in, use a touchscreen to connect to your wireless network, and enjoy. I mean, seriously, my mom did it, so I think it's pretty easy. It has a black frame, so it looks like a real photo frame and adds a beautiful touch to your home. The skylight frame has a gorgeous 10-inch touchscreen. You can swipe through photos with your finger, even tap to thank the person who sent the photo. 100% satisfaction is guaranteed. If you don't love your skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. My mom loves hers and she loves seeing all of the family members all around the country. This is a really great idea for a Mother's Day gift. And now as a special holiday offer, you guys can get $10 off your purchase of a skylight frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash EJ and enter code EJ. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a skylight frame, just go to skylightframe.com slash EJ and enter code EJ. That's S-K Y L I G H T F R A M E dot com slash EJ. So my question goes back to your personalities. Tylan, and this is something that I've noticed about Tylan, and I wanna I wanna put Tylan on a little pedestal real quick. When Tylan walks in the room, Everybody's happiness and energy level, like, go up a factor of ten. He just kind of has that presence when he comes in. It, he he makes everyone a little happier. He makes everyone a little laugh a little bit more. And it's it's just so fun to hang out with. Well, Allie and Thailand, like both of you guys. You know, the humor that you guys have is just amazing. But. Not not, but about Thailand, but here's my question is what I mean. Ali being, you know, quiet and reserved and Thailand being more boisterous and outgoing. Do, do your personalities ever clash against each other?
2: I don't think so. I really I feel like for me, Thailand's upbeat energy and just all around positive attitude, literally 99.9% of the time like changes the way i view the world changes how i you know handle my day because he's just so happy naturally so honestly it's been a huge blessing for me to be able to feel like comfortable enough to be goofy and he doesn't judge me or just like joke around and like he's just so good at that and so for me like it's been a huge blessing for him to have that upbeat bubbly personality all the time it honestly has never gotten old to me it's one of my favorite things about him so yeah, that's what I have to say. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> okay.
1: And thank you, Jared. You're so sweet. I, <laughs> I know feel you are. I feel like I try my best to not be overbearing but to like fuel the energy with Allie or whoever we're with and then maybe rein it in or what do you call it? Reel it in if it's getting out of <laughs> control or a little bit too wild. But yeah, I feel like our personalities and Allie is just as bubbly or yes. crazy or fun as me, but it comes out in different times. I've yeah. I've noticed. Like obviously with you guys, you start to see it like we, we've we've, hung so I we out
0: I feel times. like we've unlocked the door. I feel yeah, like yeah. And, <laughs> and it's like oh, is is Allie gonna come out? Is she gonna hang out? Oh there she is! Yeah I I swear <laughs> totally. Allie has these moments where she will make me laugh harder than anyone else. <laughs> but it's, it's like these special it's... moments that it's like, oh it's it's that it's like it's going to happen guys it's going and it, oh they you know it's just like these little moments that are just the absolute best
1: totally oh, and thanks. that's the same with her sisters especially the oldest three that original trio like nobody can get her going like those two sisters like they can get going and it's really really fun they just have a very unique sense of humor as well so they and they get each other and they're so close in age so that's really fun when we all get together like for family stuff, those three are really, it, it's a good time. It's
0: that funny. That's so fun. Now, Ali, you had mentioned when the first time we met was actually when you were doing the Gardner Sisters uh, trio, singing on YouTube. You guys have the most magical voices I have ever heard. You guys are literally angels. In fact, you guys played angels in the Christmas video, right? You did, yes. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, so it's there's some truth to that. <laughs> How did you guys know that you wanted to one sing was singing part like part of your growing up? Were you guys always singing? And then how did you start doing YouTube videos from that?
2: Yeah. So we started singing at a very young age. Music was always a part of my family, specifically on my mom's side. I would say it was just always something that everybody did. All my aunts and uncles played instruments or sang, And so I remember one time my mom sat us down in the kitchen this was when we were probably six, seven, and eight years old. We're all pretty close in age, the oldest three. And she was like, I want to try something. <laughs> and she knew we could all carry a tune at this point. But she I remember her teaching us separate harmonies mm-hmm. separately. And then she was like, All right, like try it all together. And it was it was some sort of church song. It was we still know how to sing, but I remember like when she figured out that we could carry a tune and harmonize together. I remember her taking us downstairs to my dad and being like, listen to this, like listen to what they can do. <laughs> literally so, like back to the future, listen to this. <laughs> yeah. So literally since that moment, we started to sing together and started to learn harmonies and it came very naturally to us. And we started to sing in church a lot. And then as we grew older, we kind of wanted to, you know, do more than just sing at church. And so We moved to California for a couple of years when I was a sophomore in high school, I believe. And we started to do like the record label thing. We, you know, because at the time, YouTube was brand new. It wasn't really, social media wasn't really a way to, you know, get your name out there. Mm -hmm. And so... I remember meeting with a bunch of these record labels and, you know, we had these vocal coaches who were trying to, you know, lead us in the right direction when it came to how to be successful musicians. And there was one specific coach that we had that said, you know, record labels these days aren't going to look at you if you don't have some sort of a MySpace following or like social media following. And YouTube was brand new and so he was like you should just start on the side trying to build your social media presence because that will help you get a record deal essentially so we're like okay and so I think this was honestly like what 2010 we started posting our first cover on YouTube and it was with the intention of this is what record labels want kind of
0: that's I mean I have to give credit to the the record label because like that's or uh, the person who's guiding you I mean back then like To have the foresight, like, oh, yeah, you need to have a social media presence. Like, that's amazing that, I mean, YouTube was bought by Google, what, 2006, 2007. And then it took a few years to actually gain steam. You know, even when Ellie and I started in 2013, 2014, brand deals wasn't even like thing. Like, advertising agencies weren't even, like, looking crazy at YouTube, let alone record companies, you know?
2: yeah. Totally. So that's kind of how it all started. And then we, you know, I remember our first video. We got like 300 views, and there were a couple comments, and we're like, "Oh, cool!" And we took requests, you know, for people's cover songs that they wanted us to do. And it just snowballed from there, and it ended up being like our main thing for years. And it was it was so fun. But I think what was cool about it was it proved to me that you could create a career on YouTube Mm -hmm. at kind of an early age, you know, and so when, you know, I met Thailand and he was interested in that side of things, working with the piano guys. And, you know, I had been doing what I had been doing for a long time. It just, it made sense for both of us that starting something on YouTube would be something fun. We both knew it was possible. We both knew the type of work that, you know, had to go into it, the type of thought that goes behind videos that, you know, you hope to do well. And so, yeah, it's just, it was a crazy thing that kind of evolved into this long YouTube career.
0: Yeah. Now with your sisters, did you, did you guys have like a set part? Like, okay, um, I'm going to sing like the high harmony, you sing the melody and, or did you guys switch it up a lot?
2: It started out with me singing alto and then my younger sister singing soprano. And then my older sister would sing the melody. But as we got older, we would switch it up all the time. We would switch it up and do, you know, we would just take turns singing the main part, take turns singing different parts of the harmony. So honestly, it just depended on our mood kind of.
0: You got to be honest with me. Did you ever fight over solos?
2: I don't know if we ever fought, (laughs) but we definitely, I remember like if we were planning out a cover, we would definitely have certain parts of the song that we wanted to sing on, you know? So I remember there was definitely some discussions about who should sing the chorus or who should sing, you know, each part. So and there were definitely conversations like that, but... It's I
0: just sure. think of the movie Pitch Perfect with, I, I can't even remember her name, a uh, Rebel Wilson's character. And she's I just like, that. she's so funny. So when we met, we met when we were doing a news segment for CVX Live. And if I remember, it was like at six in the morning and Ellie and I had to drive to the university. And we literally, I think we waited for like a half an hour or an hour. So we were literally just like standing there waiting for the news segment talking I had no idea who you were. I You probably had no idea who I was. But I remember sitting there, standing or standing there talking like, we're gonna, about to be on the news for YouTube. I don't know if anyone's going to show up to this convention in the first place, but we're promoting it on the news. And, oh, look, there's these singers. And I think I asked you this is this is my personality i'm so dumb like i freaking hate i think i asked you guys to sing something for me like why don't you guys just do like a little harmony for me look like, i think i did do that i can't remember but
2: i don't remember did we do it did yes
0: we sing- <laughs> yeah because oh, i'm like so dumb and persuasive and i was like you guys just do it <gasps> no. it'll be great so that's how i met you and i like regret it to this day like being like oh yeah sing me a song oh
2: my gosh so, that's so dumb so cause i I don't remember Good. that part, so obviously it wasn't offensive or anything all i remember is you had a hoverboard and yes. you were buzzing around on that thing and i remember i remember that's how that was like my first impression of you and i it was the same for me i didn't know about your channel but my older sister did and she was trying to explain to me you know because she had seen some of your videos i think and so while we were talking she was like oh yeah like i've seen their videos or whatever and- you
0: see that nerd riding around on the hoverboard like that guy's so dumb he's he makes videos about his family <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I never had that impression. I remember you being super nice, but it's just crazy. Like fast forwarding till now, I would have right. never guessed that, you know, we would know you guys so well and that you would be such a huge part of our lives. So it's kind of crazy how things work.
0: Well, I think that's like one of the coolest things about YouTube is you never know who you're going to meet. You never know what relationships are going to develop from that. And like Tylan and I we've had so many talks going over that kind of stuff. just like how we're so grateful for each other's friendships and how we've been there for each other for, you know, these hard times. But that's kind of like when you were transitioning into your makeup related videos. So how did you go from music to makeup?
2: Yeah, I kind of overlapped them in the beginning, to be honest. At first it was just like, um, I'm I'm just going to do makeup as like a side thing Because honestly, music was still a huge part of my everyday routine. I mean, we were going on tour at the same time. So I didn't have that much time to like sit down and film makeup videos in the beginning. But I just started, like I just started to post randomly. And then it became so fun for me and it started to pick up pace or whatever. And so I I feel like, what, maybe like a year and a half into it, I decided to kind of have like a solid upload schedule. And at first I was so nervous to do it because I had a lot on my plate. Um, But I just decided that, you know, if I wanted this to take off because makeup, honestly, underneath everything, even underneath music and stuff, I, I would come home from high school and like lock myself in the bathroom and just play with makeup all day long. So it had been something that had been a passion of mine for a very long time, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until I started, you know, posting videos on YouTube that I thought, you know what, this is a really fun escape for me. It's a fun outlet for me. And so, yeah, I just started to post more frequently and it became something that I really, really saw myself doing long-term. That was the thing with music was I got married, my older sister got married, and it was a little bit harder to balance schedules and priorities. And so putting my efforts into another passion of mine where it was on my time and you know up to me, and I could work with Tylen. It just made sense for me, and so that transition was was actually pretty easy. Now that I look at it, since I kind of overlapped the two, and it just it just made sense to pursue it. And Tylen jumped on board, and we started doing it full time, and it just snowballed into what it is now.
0: Yeah, I have to imagine that the schedule is probably a lot easier back. I mean, years ago, I worked on a YouTube channel called Geekify Guys. And I would film videos his name's Daryl Eves. You know, Daryl, right? He lives in southern Utah. I live in northern Utah. And we had a YouTube channel where we would have to, you know, plan to meet and like film videos together. But the schedules was just so hard to, you know, coordinate with two of us, especially living so far apart. I can't imagine, you know, three sisters and then eventually even more sisters coming into it later on that lining up schedules would be easy. That's probably the hardest thing. But now when you're working with a, as a couple, that's probably like, Oh yeah, this is what we do. The schedule's so much easier. So I have to imagine not coordinating that with family members who are married, who also have their schedules, who also have husbands and spouses. That probably makes it a lot easier to make that transition in a decision-based, you know, reason, right?
2: Totally. And I think at the same time, Tylan was actually doing a ton with the Hey Joe show, which is his group in the Philippines. And things started happening kind of at the same time. Like we all got married at the same time. All of his mission friends got married at the same time they started moving. And so it was kind of like this, now that I think of it, it was kind of on both of our, in both of our lives, we both had these group projects going on that we had had going on for a long time. We were trying to balance those two things separately with our marriage and our family schedules. And so it almost feels like at the same time we both decided, you know what, like, let's put our energy into something that we can control fully, um, that will benefit us. And we're aligned in the same goals. So as we both put in our efforts toward the same thing, it's going to benefit both of us at the same time instead Mm -hmm. of being pulled in so many directions.
0: For sure. I was going to ask about Hey Joe's show a little bit later, but since we brought it up, I want to ask about it now. Well, let me tell a story first. Ali and Thailand have lived relatively close to us for oh gosh, six months, maybe a year at this point. But me and Ellie, Allie and Tylan, and Bonnie and Joel all went on a triple date to Salt Lake City. And we went to this place called Skeward. It's this Thai restaurant in Salt Lake. And I, this was my first or second time there. But all I know, it was freaking amazing. It was so good. So Allie and Thailand and all of us are sitting there. And then all of a sudden, randomly, one of the employees comes up to Thailand and starts speaking. Ugh, what's the language? Sabuano. Sabuano. Yeah. Beats me. I don't even know what that sounds like. So he's speaking to him like, oh, that's cool. It's his mission language. And he must, you know, know him from the mission or something like that. Then he wants to take a picture with Thailand. <laughs> like, okay, that's cool. And then another employee comes out and starts talking to him and then wants to take a picture. And then it's like, there's like three or four people talking to Thailand in this language that have like no idea about like his church work, but they recognize him and want to take pictures with him. And we're sitting there having no idea what the heck is happening because like as influencers on YouTube, we get that every once in a while, but it's usually people who are, you know, are from the States, you know, not too many international people, especially not in our native tongue, come up to us and be like, oh, I love your YouTube channel. We have no idea what they're saying. So when they're leaving, we're like, Tylen, what the heck was that? You're going to have to explain this to us. What were those guys doing? What were they talking about? And why did they want to take your picture? (laughs) Enter the Hey Joe show. Tyler. what the heck is this?
1: Oh, I love it. (laughs) Oh, I totally forgot about that. I forgot that happened at Skewer. Love that place, by the way. Oh, it's so good. So
0: good. If you're ever in Salt Lake, go to Skewer. It's like the best Thai restaurant ever. It
1: is. Totally. So, while we were serving our mission, I I hadn't met the other four, so it's a group of five of us. Two are from Missouri, one's from North Carolina, and then two of us from Utah, and we had all met for the first time in the Philippines, serving our missions in the Philippines, and gosh, probably halfway, maybe at the year mark, maybe after the year mark, we realized that in the Philippines, like, the national language is Tagalog, and that's what all of the news is in, all of like the fun entertainment, TV, everything's in Tagalog. But there are more, technically, by number, there are more Bisaya, they call it Bisaya speakers, and the dialect we spoke within Bisaya, dialect was Cebuano. And so we thought why isn't anyone like making content or news or some sort of entertainment or TV show in Cebuano? Like there are millions of people that speak this language. They all, by the way, can speak Tagalog too. Like, so technically the whole country can speak and understand Tagalog, but like native, natively there were more Bisaya speakers. So we finished our missions. We talked about it a couple of times when we would get together at different conferences and stuff. And when we got home, they got home, a few months before me in like summer of 2014, I got home in the fall, 2014, they came to my house in St. George and we decided to make a group on Facebook called Hey Joe Show. Hey Joe, Hey Joe comes from like a lot of the kids, you know, these like massive white boys walking down the street, they would yell, Hey Joe, Hey Joe. Like that's what they would yell at us. So that's where we got the, the name Hey Joe Show. We posted our first video on YouTube and I think shared it on our Facebook page and like I, I would have to look back, but I want to say it went a day, maybe two days. And it was like picking up a little bit, you know, all of our friends in the Philippines were sharing it and thought it was so cool. Basically, it was like a skit in Cebuano. Mm-hmm. So that was like the funny part was these these five Americans speaking Cebuano. like, oh my gosh, what, what's going on? Right. But after that, it started getting millions of views. We were all over the news in the Philippines, like all this stuff. So we started making more and more videos for that, like the rest of that year, and the beginning of 2015. And then we booked a tour, like we wanted to go do shows in the Philippines. So online, I think at that point we had crossed a hundred or 200,000 followers on Facebook. It was like, it was cool. The videos would get millions of views, but we still didn't know like what a physical presence would look like if mm-hmm. we went back to the Philippines. Cause when we were there, just like regular missionaries, you know, you meet, Friends, you make friends, just very normal interactions. But when we went back for our tour, we had booked five shows. I had coordinated just like in the middle of the night calling different malls and like coordinating these shows. I remember we showed up to our very first show and I thought, okay, this is just going to be like one big kind of like family parties, like a reunion, maybe a hundred people or 50 people will come. And they put us in a van, the mall employees put us in a van And we were like ready and we were dressed and ready to go do our little 30, 45 minute show, like basically skits and stuff. We we get in the van, they pull the van into the mall. And as it's pulling into the mall, there are thousands of people. And then hundreds of people are running to our van, like slapping on the windows, trying to open the door. What the heck? Well, there were probably oh, like eight to 10,000 people at our very first show crammed into this mall, like screaming and grabbing us. We had like 50 police officers trying to like hurdle us through, like from the van to get on the stage. We had no idea that like Physically, in person, it would be like that. Like, we knew people followed us and enjoyed our videos. But right. We had no idea. So all the shows after that were like that. And we ended up doing a tour the next year that was like twice as big. We did like 13 shows around the entire country. And it was wild.
0: That it is was th- wild. Th- it's the craziest thing because we have been talking for some time now as friends. Not once did Thailand mention this to us, the whole Hey Joe show. So I had no idea. I had no idea that Thailand had ever been a social media or have a social media presence. You know, we always thought like, Oh yeah, he's the, he's the behind the scenes guy for Ali's makeup channel. That's the, that's the length of what we knew about Thailand and to have someone come up to him and take pictures like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Wait, it keeps happening. Like what the heck you're a freaking celebrity. You are like to this day, still a celebrity For the Hey Joe show. And so you would do skits. Like what kind of skits? Anything that would translate
1: to uh, English? Uh, So mostly like what was so entertaining wasn't even like the content itself. It was just the fact that we were speaking Cebuano and we were paying them attention. Like we were making all of these videos, whether it was a skit or music, like we have some songs that we would like translate cover songs. We have an original, but most of the time translate like American songs into Uh Sabuano. But I think it was just the fact that we spoke the language that people were just like freaking out. They loved that we cared enough to learn their language in the first place. And I don't know, they just like caught on. But a lot of the skits were just like funny things or stories. Maybe when we lived there about when girls would crush on us or something, (laughs) we would tell like a really funny story about when they thought we didn't know what they were saying, like riding on a bus. And these girls are like, you know, gossiping back and forth about me or the person I was with, but we could understand them. So we would tell like those funny stories and people just like loved it. And then we would do music and yeah, it was it was crazy. But the one song we won like an award, we couldn't even go, our <laughs> original song called My Morena Girl. We had this amazing writer from the Philippines and they directed the whole thing and we recorded it when we visited. And then they ended up releasing it later after we were home. And it charted. I'm pretty sure it hit number one in the Philippines. We won in a war. What the like,
0: heck? Like, <laughs> I I don't I don't get it. Like, I well, I mean, I do get it. But here we are in the states thinking like, oh yeah, we've got yeah, we got a million subscribers on YouTube. No big deal. You know, Ali's got you know how many subscribers do you have now? You're almost to a million, aren't you? I think it's no, seven fifty. I was gonna say 70,0. 000. You're like you're up there. Bonnie and Joel are like, yeah, yeah. Some people stop us in the streets, no big deal. No big deal. You freaking charted a song. You have thousands of people like banging down your bus. You like you're a celebrity. So have you gone back since you did that? Is the Hey Joe show continuing on with other people? Like, what's this what's the continued story?
1: So 2015, we did the first tour, five shows. 2016, we did the second tour, thirteen shows. And and we at this all... point, you're married, right?
2: Yeah, yeah I got to go the second time. Yeah, which was so fun. So we
1: were. What all was that
0: like? What was that like seeing all of these people swarm Thailand?
2: No, it's. Literally, you—it's really hard to fathom until you're there with him. I even remember because they started to kind of get popular. Their first tour was when we were dating, and I remember because like it's kind of the same thing. I remember Gardner Sisters' channel had like five hundred thousand subscribers at the time or whatever, and I remember thinking like, oh, that's sweet, like that's cute that you know Thailand and his friends have this little group they're gonna go visit the Philippines. And he sent me a video of that first show with the ten thousand people, and I could not believe it. Like I couldn't even believe it. And so when I went back with him, it is so surreal. They literally are, they are, they're Justin Bieber. They're celebrities. They are recognized everywhere they go. They have to have security everywhere they go. It is such a surreal thing to hop off a plane being like a normal human being in the U S and then hop off a plane and you have like this completely different life And they just are just wanted by everybody. Like everyone wants to interview them and have them on their shows. And like, it's insane to be there in person and to witness it. It's wild. To the point
0: where people in the States recognize you from like when they lived at home or when they saw it here in the States too. Like that's, that's so crazy. And I love, like, I love more than anything that we didn't know (laughs) that we had no idea. Like that's the that's the coolest thing. I love that you were able to take something and like made part of a country feel very special. Like that's really, really cool to you know, because I you know, I don't know the the hierarchy of, you know, people in the Philippines, but to take a take a portion of that country, that language that may not have a ton of attention paid to and, you know, give them that boost of self-esteem or attention like that's got to be cool for them we want to take a quick second and thank today's sponsor of our podcast which is anchor if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast it's what we use right now so let me explain it's free We had no idea that you had this huge presence. Ali. you have had such a, an amazing experience on YouTube with the Gardner Sisters and now your makeup channel on Allie Glines. I don't think a lot of people realize the work that goes behind creating a video unless they're doing it themselves. There's so much work, whether it's one video a week, three videos a week, seven videos a week. You guys work as a team. What is your workflow like?
1: What does your daily routine look like? Usually... If it's a good week and we are on our game, we will plan. We usually do like a really big weekly planning. So Sunday night or Monday morning, we will plan the week. And in that specific planning session, we will map out the three videos that Allie films every week. So she posts on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. (laughs) But we we will map those three videos out, get any products, place any orders that we need for them, and then if we're on our game, like I said, we will be filming them like one on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. We will film those three. And then Thursday, we usually have like a business meeting where we generate more ideas. And then now we, Ali has her bags, her makeup bags that she designs. So we do that on Thursdays as well. And then Friday is kind of a miscellaneous day. And then the weekend is pretty normal and pretty chill. And we hang out with you guys when we're not in quarantine. I
0: was going to say not under quarantine. Unfortunately, (laughs) we would be doing this podcast in person, but I know oh. Oh, I, I wish am, we could be in but. person,
1: but Zoom is great.
0: Yeah, this this will work for now. Now, with Ellie and I, I mean, as a couple, sometimes it's hard to make commitments to keep those meetings. Do you guys ever find that like having that Monday meeting or that Thursday meeting is hard to keep? Or are you guys like so into it that you never miss a meeting? You're never distracted with each other. What's it like um, as a couple having these meetings?
2: I think it's we're pretty good at it most times, but there's obviously, I mean, we're human too. So there's obviously weeks where we go without having a planning meeting, but it's obvious—it's very motivating to try to keep that in our schedule, even if it's not on the same day. We notice a huge difference in the way our week goes, in our expectations for each other or whatever it might be uh, when we sit down and plan our week out and just understand, you know, even if Thailand has... An appointment or a phone call with someone, we make sure that we're aware of it. And I think that just helps our week go so much smoother. So we do try really hard to at least plan, you know, and then we will improvise throughout the week if we have to. But it makes the biggest difference when we take the time to do that for sure.
0: Absolutely. Ellie and I see that for sure. I am probably the person who's not good at that organization. Ellie definitely is. And I feel like just knowing you guys, I feel like you both have that drive where you're like very schedule oriented and organized. But if you could pinpoint someone, who would you say is the least organized?
2: Oh, I'm the least organized for sure. Thailand. Really?
0: I I know Thailand's organized, but I didn't know if that like, yeah.
2: Oh yeah. If you had to choose one person to run your life, I mean, you would definitely want to rely on Thailand. (laughs) He's so good at that. And so I think that's why it's actually a really nice balance because we balance each other out that way in a lot of ways. He is somebody who is very schedule oriented, wants to know exactly what you're doing at exactly a certain time. But then there's my end where I'm kind of the creative and, you know, I'm the one making the makeup tutorials. And so it's important for me to have downtime to create and to swatch and to play with makeup and come up with these ideas. So we actually end up balancing each other out. Thailand pushes me to stay on schedule, and I push him sometimes to take it easy and you know, let some downtime bring in some creativity. So we we work together well that way, but it's definitely Thailand who keeps a tight ship, and I'm so grateful because then it allows me to enjoy and to focus on what I'm good at, which is the creative side of things.
0: I love hearing that so much. Having a, a complementary relationship personally, and with business like that's so cool that it works out on on both levels now with makeup i don't know very much about makeup i know thailand surprisingly knows a lot about makeup from our conversations one of the first conversations that i remember having was Ali, ellie and thailand all talking about the launch of this new like makeup line and I was like, oh my gosh, he knows so much about makeup, which given the what you guys do for a living, yeah, it absolutely makes sense. But I was like, huh, I got to step up my makeup game if I'm going to be having conversations with these guys. And so one of my favorite memories is watching the uh, Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson docu-series about the launch of their makeup. I love the business side of that. After watching that, have you ever decided that you guys are going to make your own makeup line in the future? Or is that something that you guys are planning on doing is, is making your own?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, that was so much fun. When I we know. Watched that that was so entertaining
1: and interesting. We loved it. Fascinating. So fascinating.
2: But yeah, that's definitely actually been a, a goal of mine. I found a piece of paper when I was moving. Last time we moved houses and it was from like when I was 15 years old and it had my makeup line ideas. I I have always wanted that even before I ever started a beauty channel and Thailand is so good at the business side of things. So it's definitely, it's definitely our main goal in the future, but we started out this year, we launched a makeup bag brand. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of are testing the waters with just, you know, a, a business working together. And it's been so fun to be creative that way. And it's so fun to create something that we feel like hasn't been on the market before. So it's been a really fun project to launch the bag brand, but definitely we always talk about our makeup brand. I have so many ideas for it. He's gonna be so great at running, you know, everything behind the scenes like he always does. And so that's a huge goal for sure.
0: So the makeup bags that like, I feel so proud that I have what Ellie does. I say I have, because I'm the one who placed the order. I was one of the first people to order these bags. And I have to tell you, I am like so so thrilled to do that. Those bags sold out. I mean, it was just so crazy. How fast did the first size sell out? Because there was three sizes, right? And they're modular, so you can, like, fit them in. It was the most amazing thing. Uh, I have to brag a little bit. I was lucky enough to see, like, all of these samples and all of these things, like, to to see it as it was created. So freaking cool. When you presented the idea to me, I was like, that's amazing. Ellie loved it. Anyway, we ordered it. Um, How fast did the first one sell out?
1: We... So there's like the whole set and then there's a small one and a medium, the whole set, which is like our most proud product. We love that set so much that one. And the small one sold out in three hours Oh, my and it had a lot more medium ones and they hung on till like the next morning. So technically just about everything was gone in three hours. And we honestly, like we knew that people would like it. Well, we had hoped. But we were planning on keeping that inventory for a couple of months so that we could like overlap and get a restock and like work on the next, you know, order. But it was gone so fast and we were so shocked and surprised. It was the craziest thing. But we were so grateful and people's responses were insane and just so, so great.
0: That's amazing. So I have to ask, when is the restock coming? Do you guys know? Do you have any idea?
1: We do. Kind of. Like a... Um,
2: a window of time I think right obviously
1: with everything going on there's been so many delays in supply chain yeah
0: with Bali we're experiencing that too so I can't imagine like that's you guys are experiencing that as well
1: so if everything goes as planned probably like the very end of July to like the first week or two in August so like a mid-summer Oh, that's
0: so fun. That's so cool. Like right as people hopefully crushing your fingers are getting ready to go back to school, going off to college, getting their makeup in all of the bags. Ellie, Ellie takes her makeup bag everywhere she goes. Like everything goes in the Allie Glein's makeup bag. I'm so proud that we have that. Like that is the coolest thing ever. Now the makeup that goes in the bag, Ellie will change depending on what she wants to wear. I know you have so much makeup, And this is a question that Ellie wanted me to ask. And I know a lot of female listeners and, you know, some male listeners want to know, what is the makeup brand that you will continue to go back to no matter what they make?
2: Oh, my gosh. That's a really, really good question. The one that comes to mind is Bare Minerals first, because that was like one of my first high-end brands that I love so much. Obviously, I love so many, so much. I love all the makeups. (laughs) That's what I always say. Love it all. (laughs) Love every makeup. Yeah, but I think Bare Minerals really has been a part of my life for so long. And there are so many products from them that are practical for every day. And so that's kind of the first one that I think of. I, I can't choose one. I also love Thrive Cosmetics, has so many products in my routine that I absolutely love too. Um, from the drugstore, I love, oh my gosh, I love so many things from the drugstore. Flower Beauty is amazing from the drugstore. Milani Milani, L'Oreal. I, here I go, naming off of here 10 But 10 Yes, but
1: to answer your question more directly, Bare Minerals would be the one. Like if someone like, Stranded her on an that's, island, that's, and she could only choose. She would. She would probably.
2: Choose that's her. Thailand's favorite makeup look on me. I always ask him, like, "What's your favorite?" <laughs> you know, makeup that I wear, and he'll always be like, "I like, you know, your bare minerals look." But you
1: know, actually, I'm gonna be like Ali, but also like Thrive, Thrive yeah. Cosmetics, which you you are familiar with. Thrive, Thrive mm-hmm. yeah, Hourglass. Oh, now, I'm, now
2: I'm like <laughs> Ali. That's yeah, great. It's way too hard. One.
0: Now you did uh, like an Instagram live with the owner or the creator of Bare Minerals. Isn't that right?
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. That just happened out of nowhere. So the creator of Bare Minerals, she was CEO for years. She's not with them anymore, but she just recently wrote a book and she wanted to send me the book. I was thrilled because like I said, I've been a fan of that brand for so long. And so I read the book and I kind of posted about it on my Instagram story and she reached out to me wanting to do a live and I about like lost my marbles. I was so excited. So yeah, we got to chat, and it was really surreal. I admire her so much. She revolutionized the beauty industry with just the whole, you know, mineral makeup idea with clean beauty. She was one of the first like trailblazers in that, and so I definitely had the best time talking with her. She's so fun.
1: She is to beauty, the beauty world, what Steve Jobs was to tech. Like that's amazing. So it was kind of fun. It was
2: really cool
0: too. I can't yeah. wait. Until the Allie Glines brand is a pioneer in the makeup industry. And I can say that we had you guys on our podcast. That will be the coolest thing ever. Guys, I I there's so much more that we can talk about. We're running on like an hour on this podcast. Like, I still want to talk to you about keto. I still want to talk to you about like relationships and merit. There's just so much more that we have to talk about. And I think we should do a part two sometime in the future. We'll see yeah, how it goes. It.
1: Absolutely. That'd be fun.
0: You guys, I, I honestly, sincerely, I love you with my heart. You guys mean so much to me. And like Tylan, you know, the conversations that we've had has been so great. So I am so grateful for your relationship and, and how you guys have changed your lives in so many, in our in, Have changed our life in so many ways. So thank you. For those listening who don't know who you are, where can people find you?
2: So on YouTube, my beauty channel is just Allie Glines. And then it's the same on Instagram at Allie Glines. Where can they find you, Mr. Just violent? go
1: to Allie's and click on my <laughs> little handle in her bio.
0: What about Hey Joe Show? Is that around still? Like yeah, if people want to the, see Facebook, your old stuff? Yeah, our
1: Facebook page is. You can kind of go find the whole archive of our videos on Facebook. It's just Hey Joe Show. And I would love
0: to have a documentary going over the story of the hey joe show
2: i would love that too it's fascinating uh,
1: brigham young university did like a short one a couple years ago and that video itself went viral because like all of the philippines and filipinos around the world were so fascinated with the story they did like a little mini a little mini kind of story on it but it uh, we've talked about that the guys they live everywhere now one works at google one's going to yale One's in law school in Pennsylvania. One's at an ad agency in California. Did I get them all?
2: <laughs> yeah, and <then> there's you
1: <laughs> and then there's me. But we've talked about like how cool it would be to get back together and do some sort of documentary or
0: you should yeah. do like in in four or five years, do a reunion tour. And then we'll do the documentary about the reunion tour because it's like Backstreet Boys, it's like New Kids on the Block, and they all come back together. Freak the Jonas Brothers, that was That's even. What a was ba- <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. too old. <laughs> the Jonas Brothers, they're not even like old, and they have they came back together. So we need to do that, and then do a Hey Joe show uh, documentary. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time. I'll have all of their information in the show notes below. Be sure to check out Allie Glein's, her YouTube channel, the makeup bags when they come out because they're amazing. Again, thank you so much and we'll see you guys later.